Today's episode of the Jazz and Then Some podcast is sponsored and brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters of Delaware. Making a big difference, one child at a time. Jazz, crank it up for me. Jazz. <laughs> it's time for some dark and smooth jazz. It's really not that hard. It's J-H-A-S. Ah! So you voted for Trump? Oh. <laughs> I like everything that's happening right now. I am and shocked. And I'm glad Obama is gone. Wow, and you're black? I'd rather be the cat than listen to jazz and her comments. So you're telling me that Tony Braxton messed up her entire brand on a guy whose mouth looks like it smells like wet nickels? Hey, hey, team. Welcome back to another fabulous episode of the Jazz and Then Some podcast, my dear teammates. Every so often, I like to bring you a love offering, and I'm bringing you one of the best gifts you never even got around to asking me for. See that? I brought one of my favorite people on the planet, y'all, to join me on today's episode. I do want to start off by saying I love this guest because she does offer such an incredible, smart perspective. And now we may not agree on every single thing and every single detail, but do you know why that's okay? Because conversation is key, perspective is key, and so is learning. And honestly, she offers all of those things. She's about every single one of those things I just mentioned. So I look forward to hearing from her more because, well, now she's an incredible friend to the show. And I can't wait to introduce her in this particular episode. But before I do, we have a couple of crazy things to chop up first, like we always do. And you know, I can't wait another minute more to get into... One term for talking trash about someone is throwing this... What is shade? Shade, you got it. The comment section. Let's get to it. Let me ask you something mm-hmm. real that millions of Americans are thinking about, you okay. know, wondering about you. Do you like teenage girls? When you say teenage, how are we talking? Girls who are teenagers. 19? 19 and younger. I have some 19-year-old friends, but I don't like anybody illegal, if that's what we're talking about, underage. Uh-huh. It's unfortunate that it's like this, but when you're, when you're me, when you're R. Kelly, everybody want a piece of you. And if you don't give them a piece, They'll find a way to get a piece of you, one way or the other. What is you doing? Dang, so what is you doing, baby? Ah, the power of social media is a force to be reckoned with. And yes, let's thank God that it is. Because finally, after 206,589.963 years of alleged rape, sexual abuse, and preying on children in huggies, R. Kelly got his own hashtag. And no! Not for great trending albums either. Mm -mm. Oh no, ladies and gentlemen. This time, hashtag Mute R. Kelly started trending and calling for Spotify and other musical platforms to take action by silencing old Rob once and for all. Round of applause, please. Yes, yes. Bask in that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, I wasn't 10 years old letting y'all know that my mind was telling me no. But my body, my body was telling me yes. And I definitely won't pretend like I didn't step in the name of love at every, and I do mean every, black wedding since mm, the early 2000s. I also have no idea what kindergartners are going to do without walking out awkwardly to I Believe I Can Fly. But I'd like to believe that they're going to survive and that their parents will sleep better knowing that they're not being stared at 
inappropriately by a sexual predator from Chicago with bad grammar and sunglasses indoors like this is 1997. Now that's how I feel about the situation, right? But how I feel, as you know, in the comments section is not important. It's how y'all feel. And I'm so glad y'all always let me know in the comments section. Let's take a look, shall we? Daryl Kenyon says, So R. Kelly thinks it's too late, huh? I think we can ask Bill Cosby why that's not true. At Timmy Taught Me says, It's a shame how much self-control it takes to skip this demon's music. So many bops to your face. I know you're guilty, but say it ain't so, R. Kelly. At Gold Queenie says, R. Kelly needs God and a doctor's appointment to make sure he doesn't have herpes. And at Bad Girls Run It says, let's be honest, if you're gonna mute R. Kelly, you can't just mute his music. What about the music he's produced and written for some of your favorites? Child, that's a lot of damn mutant. Which is a really good point, because R. Kelly has produced a lot of great tunes, and not just for himself, for a lot of other people too, including Ron Isley. You gotta mute Aaliyah altogether. And like so many other people, and it's very hard. And to be honest with you, I've been struggling, y'all. I'm not going to lie. I have been struggling, but I just. I'm, OK, have I worn out Step in the Name of Love? And uh, what's the other one I've been wearing out? Remix to Ignition lately? Yeah. OK, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I have. But dang, man, I can't stand by somebody who does some nutty stuff like this. It's been really bad. And the truth is, you have to make a point to prove the point that women are valuable and that they are not to be bought or sold. And in this case, that's exactly what's happening here. So good luck, Mr. Kelly. I stand with my sisters in solidarity. Breaks my heart because your songs are bops. And I was going to play like at least three of them, three of them at my wedding and during the conception of my first child. But that's neither here nor there. You were saying that I was too dumb to be a criminal. So you understand how stupid you really are. Criminals? Dumb, dumb, stupid, dumb. Look how dumb they are. Dumb, dumb. Dumb. How dumb can you be? Dumb. How stupid are you? We are criminals. It's funny how dumb you are. Stupid news from all across the world everywhere. I got three really short pieces of stupid news for you, but one of them trumps all of them. Can you pick out which one it is? See what I did there, by the way? Trumps. See? Get it? Okay. First things first, Michael Rotundo, according to ABC7 New York, he's also known as the 30-year-old grown-behind man that had to battle it out with his parents in Supreme Court because they were tired of him making a career out of being a 30-year-old stay-at-home son, otherwise known as a scrub. You really should do a Google search and see this kid. I mean, he looks to be every bit of the lackadaisical F-boy that they're making him out to be. Really is a shame. Number two, Dumb and Karma met up and had lunch because Aaron Schlossberger, that bigoted racist New York lawyer who went viral for hurling racial slurs at a group of people who spoke Spanish, he got tracked down courtesy of the Social Media Justice League. And if you haven't seen the video, it won't be hard to find. Actually, it's really enjoyable. There are multiple videos. He had to resign from his firm. Mariachi bands paraded outside of his home and the media grabbed it 
and away we went. And I'm here for it. Hashtag make racism uncool again. Oh, the NFL. They've all but decided to call their black players slaves and tell them to run the ball and shut up, citing that any player that kneels will be earning a 15-yard penalty for their team. Very interesting way they've chosen to prove that there was no collusion against Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed for exercising their American right to peacefully protest, I'd say. And nothing's dumber than that. Okay, team, you know, I always like to have somebody as a guest, but I only bring you the best of guests. I don't bring you anybody who's trash or crazy or wild or somebody y'all won't like. It's always somebody who's dope and who's a game changer. And I have one of my personal favorite people right now on the line, Jen Winston, the creator of Girl Power Supply. Yes, all your feminist needs get satisfied through Jen, and she's here on the phone. Hey, Jen, how you doing? Oh, my gosh, what an (laughs) intro. Hi. Well, I got to tell great you, now. I, um, my friend Anna and I, shout out to my friend Anna, she, we constantly send each other, like, we live off of your page. So, Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, I actually meant every single word of that. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. That is the idea. I mean, I, I, the only way I can, like, get through every day in the Trump administration is by running this thing. So Girl. I'm happy that it helps. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like... A need. I feel you. I feel you. And it's so funny how, um, like, social media has kind of changed the trajectory of the way we're able to express ourselves now. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, I've actually been talking a lot about this, about how memes are kind of like the new political cartoon. Yeah. And they, like, really say it, it almost, if, if a perfectly worded tweet can say more than, like, a whole think piece. You know, it's true. It's true. I I actually never really thought of it like that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's like it's a very interesting sign of of a changing, changing era. So I have to ask then, when and why did you start Girl Power Supply? Like, when was the moment that you were like, I need to. Was it ever a moment where you were like, I need to do something that gives me a voice, too? Or was it just did it just happen? Um, it was li- it was definitely a moment. Um, so I used to work at BuzzFeed. I've like worked in in social media meme world for a very long time. Um, and I Girl Power Supply is not my full time job, unfortunately. Um, but um, it is sort of just a side project, and I, so I don't make a profit off of it or anything. But um, I like three days after the election, I think I I was watching. Um, I was just scrolling through the news and it was just depressing headline after depressing headline. Yeah. And I was like, I, I like started crying. Yeah, <laughs> As I'm yeah. sure, you know, it was, I was, I was alone and I was like, why am I crying? This is wild. Like, and then I, I was like, I have all, I have seen all of these, like, like I was kept seeing these, like I was, Oh, I was deep. Oh, I know what it was. I, I remembered. Um, Sean King. Yes. He was an amazing yes. actor. So he had put together a Twitter highlight of all of the hate speech Mm -hmm. that was happening. And now I remember why I was crying because it was devastating. And it was all the people who felt empowered to just like breathe hate after the election. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and so I was reading through that and I was like, oh, my God, like I have seen all these different memes 
basically like uh, images and and um, cartoons and tweets that like perfectly answer this person's concern. Yeah. Like it perfectly explains to me why your point of view is incorrect. And like using logic, not using like empathy, which is, you know, if, if you can't get them on empathy, which we clearly can't. Right. Um, then, um, yeah, so I I was like, I got to put this stuff out there. Like, I've worked at BuzzFeed. I know how to share content. Like, I know how to make things. You know, I'm really good at social media. I have to use that skill somehow. Yeah. And um, so I just started putting it all in one place, and then it started, like, getting momentum, and it took off. I think it's not a, not going to be long until it does kind of spill over into being your full-time job, number one, because you're so good <laughs> at it, and number two, because it's kind of a really good source for, you know, people who are all about fairness. And, and I – actually, that's a good segue because my favorite thing about Girl Power Supply is that it is fair. It's so fair where it's not an account for just white women. It's not an account for heterosexual women. It's an, it's an account for women and for equality. You know what I mean? It's not even really – when you think about it, it's not even really an account for women. It's all about equality. Yeah. Um, thank you. That means so much to me yeah. to hear you say that because I – so when I started it, it was it was pretty much only about women right. um, because that was really the only issue that I cared about and was passionate about. Um, and then I sort of started – like I kept needing to find – I went through all the content I had in my like – in my on sitting on the back burner and um, content that was like judge women as people, not as wives, like con- content about um, like basically saying abortion is going to happen regardless of uh, whether it's legal or not. So you might as well make it safe, stuff like that. Um, just like more reproductive rights focused sure, conversations. Sure. Um, but then I started needing more content. So I started going to like deeper circles of the internet and I, I found, um, like, the first thing that I found were um, a bunch of black activists. Okay. And, like, Shishi Rose um, is one of, is a huge one. Um, Nazi June, um, she is a, she's, like, um, a sex worker advocate. Um, mm. I believe she's Latinx. Um, she is amazing. Um, but I found all these, these women of color, essentially. And they had not been in my immediate circle, and I didn't know any. I'm a white woman. Right. I, say that and you know what i'm glad um, you said that because we're going to come back to that in particular but carry on yeah and well yeah and it's super like um so i was kind of sitting there as a white woman not having checked my privilege in any capacity not even knowing i needed to wow. and then i i found all these uh women of color activists on the internet who were who basically taught me they they taught me how to check my privilege and they taught me about racism i didn't know and and it's like so naive. Wow. <laughs> like now, now I'm just like, wow. I was, but basically, I've unlearned a lot throughout this process because I've been like, I got to do this right if I'm going to do it, and I have done kind of all that in public, I guess. Um, and it's it's a bit weird at times because mm-hmm. I mess up sometimes. Um, but that's why the platform is like not like the. As soon as I learned about intersectionality, I did not, I learned about white feminism Mm -hmm. and I was like, this needs to be like white feminism is the dirtiest word and I cannot, this cannot be white feminist anymore. It certainly started out incredibly white feminist and obviously I'm white. So sometimes I slip up. Wow, you know what? I but. I like so much and respect so much how you say that. And and it's so important to say that um 
A lot of people can't do that. First of all, a lot of people can't check themselves. A lot of people aren't open to being checked. And nowadays, everything that we say to one another is is hit like it's so hard to have a conversation with people anymore. You can't even just have a yeah. conversation where you try to educate someone or you want to be educated because everything comes off as um, I'm a racist. And that's because yeah. so many things are racist. Like there's a lot yeah. of racist roots in this country. So it's really difficult. I remember I went on a cruise with my job recently and I had a conversation with a white man next to me. We happened to have our um, our rooms were right next to each other. So his balcony, I would lean out and he would be there and he'd be talking and he would say so many <laughs> racist things. And I'm oh, like, you don't even God. understand how. And then he was like, He actually stopped and said, you know what? He said, I don't see it that way. He said, could you help me understand how it's that way? And more than Mm -hmm. anything, I respected that he asked. If you don't know, ask. Like, you know what I mean? But but you can't come out the gate talking to people crazy and expect everyone to be okay with it. I feel like it's perfectly okay to ask. um, And a lot of people are afraid to do that now. So the fact that you did that speaks so highly to who you are as a person. Does that ever? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, thank you. I mean, that that makes me feel great. <laughs> um, because it's been, I, I, I think it's less, I, I want to say it's less about how I am as a person and more about how I, um, like I've worked in media my whole life and I kind of know that this is how, if you're going to do this publicly, you, this is how you got to be like, it's a little bit like constructed, sure. but it's also like, this is the way I think this is the way everybody should be. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to kind of set an example for that type of like, if you don't know, ask scenario. Yeah. Um, but I've, I mean, I think something I've learned is like, it is when, when you have kind of a, when you do something and you're like, I'm not sure if this was right or wrong, um, and someone calls you out on it and you're like, eh, I'm just going to dismiss that. That mm. feeling, if you sit with that for like 10 minutes, you're going to realize that that was the, that dismissing that perspective is wrong. Yeah. Um, and that, that sort of like, I have um, a lot of guilt. <laughs> the more I learn about all this stuff, the more um, I have, uh, I guess, like, extreme white guilt and um they say guilt is not a productive emotion but for me it kind of it always kind of has been i don't know um that's with me i would agree for me anyway it fuels a lot of things for me guilt does i i think it might (laughs) i think it might be that way for women yeah i think women are more like productive with our guilt i agree with that yeah yeah because we know how to adapt to to change um but the yeah i think it's it, like, um, okay, so I, I have a friend who um, is, um, he's a black man, and he was, in, he's always posting political stuff. Um, he's great. You should follow him at Archival Jelson. He's okay. great. But, um, yeah, look him up. But he, um, he posted a letter at the end of Black History Month. Um, and basically about how it had been a really powerful Black History Month for him. And um, just he felt really empowered um, and but also very, you know, um, very conflicted, but ultimately empowered. And I reposted his letter on my story without asking just because I I, he's my friend. I just like I don't ask when I repost things because I try to drive people back to the source. I tagged him um, and I shared it. And the next day, he did this incredibly kind thing. And um, I say kind because I think a lot of people might not see this as kind, but it's kind of it's what we need to start seeing as 
as kindness in um, as we move forward. And he asked me if we could get on a call. And um, I was like, sure. I like we are like co- coworkers, collaborators. I was like, maybe he wants to work on a project. But he called me um, to tell me that he felt he didn't feel great when I reposted his letter. Um, and he said he had written it sort of for um, for from a, um, his perspective as a black man for um, a black audience. Like um, he used the words uh, for us. Um, mm. And I immediately understood and was like, shit, <laughs> I fucked up. And I knew he's like a dear friend of mine. So I knew that that just taking it down and not doing it again wasn't enough Yeah, um, because I needed to. I needed to learn and I needed to share with my followers why this wasn't a great thing to do. Um, so for the, like the rest of the day, he and I, we had a, like an hour and a half phone call. It was so nice of him to like talk me through this. Like he's not, he should not be expected to do this labor, but he did it because we're friends and he's a great guy. And um, he helped me write a response about this and sort of saying, like talking about the history of white people appropriating black culture, um, of, of white people seeing like um, seeing black art and being like, here, look at this, look at this thing, like in through my lens. Right. Um, and also just sort of the idea that some things aren't for you and that like not everything is like I wanted to amplify his voice. But it wasn't the right space or way. Um, and yeah, and I think that like when when people do that work, like you did for that guy on the cruise, um, like if you explain to him sort of why some of the things he was saying was racist, like that is an incredible gesture of on your behalf. Like you should not people like there's so much research out there. Like I should have known not oh. to do this. Because you, you, you know what it is it is just as a person of color, it's very exhausting. It's like, why do I always oh have gosh. to teach for the love of yeah. God? But you yeah. are so open to learning, which is something that I've noticed about it's It's so funny because if anyone follows, make sure you follow the page team because it's at Girl Supply. That's G-I-R-L. Uh, what is it? It's Girl Supply. It's just Girl, Girl Power. Supply, right? Girl, Girl Power, Power, Power Supply. Supply. I'm sorry. It's yeah. at G-R-I-L-P-O-W-E-R-S-U-P-P-L-Y. So make sure you're following the page. Um so funny i actually just had to refollow it because i cleared all my instagram and i completely oh. forgot yeah, i'm still like refollowing everyone and everything right now so i just had to that refollow it, but that's a good thing to do girl i needed it i got tired but um uh, <laughs> but yeah it gets so exhausting and you really yeah. really really don't feel like doing that all the time and when i first started following your page i didn't know what you were i just felt like now here's a person who you can honestly be blind and not know what they are and i feel like that's how we should operate as people with the exception mm-hmm. of um, still embracing our culture and embracing who we are and loving who we are. But we shouldn't always have to wear a sign on our back and be like, hey, just so you know, I'm black. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like when I watched your page, what I noticed was you're a champion for not just women, but you're a champion for women of color in the aspect of people who are <laughs> Latino, uh, Latina, um, black or white or other people who are ethnically ambiguous. You're a champion for also men who don't even feel like they're good enough. One of the tweets or the posts that you mm-hmm. just reposted was, hey, men, you don't have to be six foot this or or built with muscle. Yeah. You know, and, and that's respectable because that's more of a loving standpoint of just being human. So, yeah. I, I, well, and I think that, that, like, my mom is a Republican. She voted for Trump. Um, it's a whole 
What is that like in your house? Oh, gosh, it's a mess. Um, Mm. I'm really, she's a very nice person, but it's it's actually a a great, I mean, it's a great uh, study in kind of where the liberal message gets lost. Um, I saw someone at the March for Our Lives with a sign, and it was like, oh, my gosh, this sign. I was like, wow. Um, It said... It said, we understand nuance. And it was like, it was just like a sign for the, like, for the left, basically. Mm. And it was like, that is basically the left platform is like, we understand perspectives that are not our own and, and nuances that come from like the chain of government and how it actually works. And like, it's not a catchy phrase. It's not like something, it's not make America great again, but it's, you know, it's complex and like there are gray areas and it's like, so that's such a difficult thing to communicate. And um, that's why I think this platform has to show up for everybody because that's the, that's, the practice of intersectionality rather than just like saying the word and, and attributing it, you know, the practice is, is being uh, like being a champion for trans women, for women of color, for, for men and to- against toxic masculinity sure. um, and for native Americans and so, so on. So for people who are listening, who don't know exactly what intersectionality means, could you give them a yeah. definition, give a definition of intersectionality and give a definition in your words of feminism. Ah, okay. Um, great. Okay. So I, the definition of intersectionality, it's a term coined by Kimberly Crenshaw. Um, and it's, uh, she's a black woman and it was created sort of the term was to, um, describe the way that, uh, sexism intersects with racism. Mm. And, um, she talked about, I, I believe her, one of her primary examples from like the the essay in which she coined this was about um, homeless populations. So um, black women are disproportionately affected by, um, by issues of, or sorry, by issues of incarceration because um, black men are often incarcerated and black women have trouble getting uh, getting jobs due to sexism um, as well as racism. And so like those two issues intersect when your partner goes to jail and you don't have a job because you can't get one because you're a woman or you're not making as much money because you're a woman, those two um, issues intersect. Okay. Um, that's like, you should read her essay. That's a completely butchered way. Of, that's okay. I plan uh, to read it. I absolutely it. plan to read it. I just wanted that more clear for people who are going, what are yeah, these words? For sure. Because a lot of people for don't sure. know, you know, and you can't, Yeah. You people don't know what they don't know. And unfortunately, I don't feel like it's my job to educate anyone. But with this platform that you and I have both been given, because yeah. we're, we're both activists to, you know what I mean, of an extent, um, yeah. we get an opportunity to say, okay, listen, When I have the time, I'll teach you. I'll let you know. So I'm glad that you got a chance to clear that up for people who are listening and maybe don't know where to look for that answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's kind of a complicated term because it's it's the first thing you'll learn once you start really learning about intersectionality is you'll start really hating those signs that are like pussy power. Yeah. And it's because you start realizing that those signs are, well, any any feminism that centers around the vagina is trans exclusionary. 
Uh, you don't need to be a you don't need to have a vagina to be a woman. Um, and that so that's that's um, essential. Like, it's not like you can't have pride in the vagina and fight for reproductive rights. But when you're marching at the women's march and all your science says is pussy, pussy power, it kind of implies that that's all you think feminism is. Now, and that's that's essentially like vaginal empowerment. Now it's can, not feminism. Can you explain yeah. then why, like, let's say someone who does not have a vagina, right? Because there are people mm-hmm. who are listening to this podcast who may go, all right, I'm turning this off now because you do have to have a pussy mm-hmm. to be, you know what I mean, to be a woman. Yeah, um, it's it's a weird thing to unlearn for a lot of people, you know. Um, but, yeah, so, like, um, it with, uh, with transgender people, um, well, okay, let me, let me backpedal a bit. Okay, so um, sex and gender are different, right? Uh, sex is, is what you're assigned at birth. Um, there are actually some people who, who call sex, sex assigned at birth specifically because it's only labeled that by a doctor. Like often, like sometimes sex is even mislabeled if you're intersex, but that's a whole thing. Um, the, um, then we get into like medical conspiracy theories and a lot of people will definitely turn off the, the podcast, but, um, (laughs) the sex basically refers to do you have a penis or a vagina um, in the way most people understand it. So that in itself does not make you a woman or a man. Like you are not, as soon as you have a penis, you you aren't like out the womb loving the color blue and loving sports. Sure. You know? And so those are things that we associate with the gender of male. And those are things that society enforces on you. And those things probably hit you the minute you get out the womb. They wrap you in a blue, like, blanket, you know. They get, they, like, your parents have already chosen a name for you that's, like, that's, like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Why can't I think of a man's name? Uh, Greg. Uh, Greg. That's my brother's name. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. But um, Gary, Greg, let's go um, Gary. Yeah. You know, they've already chosen you a name that like society will then understand as male. Mm-hmm. Um, then they've gotten you like toys and it's like the toys that are marketed towards boys are like action figures and like power rangers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never were even given a chance to want what to you do makeup or like you've never, you never were given a chance to like, uh, like fashion or yeah, to pick what you like to, to dance. Um, you know, you're given, you're assigned to these things that boys are supposed to like from the, the minute you're born. And, um, then there are these things that women are supposed to like, like, um, like, fashion and makeup and, you know, and, and we, we make that distinction from such a early, such an early age. Got it. And, but it's all, it's all arbitrary. And so when someone is transgender, they basically are saying that like, regardless of the sex that I was assigned at birth, the sex that you all have, have chosen as an indicator of, of what type of things I would like. I don't agree. I don't like those things. Got it. I understand that. And, um, you know, like, I am a woman, like, by society's constructs of what a woman is. So that's an and uh, you don't have to get your penis removed to be a woman in that regard. Okay. 
Well, listen, give me three things that women or even men can, without knowing, um, say and be offensive to other women or people who identify as women. And uh, I'm seeing people coming to the door, so they're pushing me out the studio. But I do want oh, to – I want to. no, 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 it's not your fault. I just – I want to hear from you because people say things all the time that they don't even know are offensive. So in your, in your opinion, what are three things that women can say to other women that can be offensive or that men can say to other men – or other women that can be offensive that we need to stop doing in general? Um, something that white women can say to black women that or black people that is offensive is um, like, wow, you're so articulate. Oh, God, uh, don't even. <laughs> Girl. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, um, you know, those things that are disguised, like you think you're giving a compliment, but it's actually like shrouded in like racist uh, stereotyping. Yeah. 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 Um, the... Um, let's see things that um, you can say to a transgender person is like, wow, have you gotten or, or like, uh, so what's it like down there? Like, have mm, you got yeah. it removed? Yeah. That's none of your business. Right. That literally doesn't, unless you're trying to like fuck that person. Sorry. You it's none of your out. business. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, none it's none of your business. business. It's none of your business. And um, the, let's see uh, something. I mean, I think, I think something that's, that can be, exhausting is like you said that's a great word um is when you're like wow why is that offensive like google is free yeah go man on google <laughs> and look it up listen jen i'm so glad you joined the show i think it's really important for you to be here i think you're really important to um the way that the culture is moving forward i'm proud of you i enjoy your page i direct people to your page all the time whether you know it or not i'll be sliding in oh, people's dms so i'm so proud of it and i think you're doing a great job <laughs> tell everybody where they can find you oh yes okay so you can follow me on at girl power supply or you can follow my personal for no reason at generous j-e-n-e-r-o-u-s um and i'm on twitter at generous as well there's definitely a reason to follow you on all those pages. <laughs> but thanks, Jen. Thanks for being on the show. And team, make sure thanks you follow so much, her. On... It was great. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. The pleasure was mine. Thank you. Bye. All right, team. That's it. That's all we got for episode 13 of the Jazz and Then Some podcast. As usual, you can always hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, all those fun places at J-H-A-S-W-I-L-L-W-O-O-D. And let me know who you think should be on the show or what we should talk about. I love when we talk. So hit me up on all those platforms and I will see you next time on Jazz and Then Some.